God bless you on today. This is Pastor Jerry Fletcher coming to you via the media airway space with Yes and Amen's Youth Church with Pastor Derek Fletcher, Derek Fletcher II, and Yanni Fletcher. Sit back, relax while we get ready. Hey everybody, this is Ty Trippett and I'm excited to be hosting the pop-up here on Pandora. I'm so excited. God bless everyone on today. Can you see me? Am I good in the camera? And can you hear the volume? Okay, so today we have a, a lesson about sin and salvation. So this is uh, lesson four. So lesson three, we kind of skip that one, but we'll come back to it. And it's about basic Christian theology. And so to give students an accurate biblical definition of what it means to be human, to be human, and then understand how sin has kept them from being fully human. Wow, this is interesting. And then to inspire the students to live within God's plan to save and sanctify mankind. Did you guys hear that? So God has a plan for your life, right? And so he needs you to live within that plan and then the salvation and sanctification okay so behavior born again choices confession cross death disobedience eternal life evil grace guilt hardening hardened hearts judgment of god pride, repentance, Satan, salvation. Uh, yeah, say, well, Satan saved and then sin. So this is like a big topic and it's key here is this very important. And so Philippians 2, 12 and 13, 
It says, do everything without grumbling. We have any grumblers in the house? Any complainers? No? Okay. So it says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in the present, in the presence, but now much more in, ooh, in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. All right, I'm going to read it one more time. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. And therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. All right, so repeat after me, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. All right, everybody, make sure they're unmuted. Therefore, my dear friends, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, as you have always obeyed, but how, but now, much more in my absence. But now, much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Okay, not just a purpose, but his good purpose. <sighs> All right, so here's like the group activity. Let's
All right, let's move down to this one. Right here. All right, getting started. If you had to name three people besides biblical people who were the best people ever to live, who would you choose and why? Mm. I guess nobody want to take that one. Martin Luther King. Okay. I would choose Martin Luther King as the best person to live because he is an inspiration to be all. Yes, he is on the verge of bringing us all together. But I also believe that death is actually a reminder. I'm not saying it was good that he died. I'm just saying that death actually helped put something in motion for African Americans to have freedom and to show what it really means to have justice for all. Okay, so he be, he became a martyr, and so um, a person that's alive um, is good, but a person who dies and becomes a martyr their span of influence is much greater than because now they become legendary. They become the stuff that stories are told after and legacies are left behind for. Like Jesus. Okay, so if you had to name three people in history who are the worst humans beings ever, who would you pick and why? Yanni, you got something on that? You know any people that did bad things in history? What about Hitler? Yep. I was about to say that. So Hitler ordered the mass killing of Jews in Europe. And he also set out on the campaign to conquer Europe. And after Europe, he was gonna go forth and conquer, try to conquer the US. Do you believe that people are basically good or basically bad? What do you think? I believe, I believe both ways. And honestly, it's just a mix from time to time. time. Let's say a criminal, perhaps. Say he did something bad, look back on the past, and wants to think for a brighter future and wants to be good. That's all there's a sentence. Wants to have a family. Grow up in a nice family. Be great and good to one another. 
then there are those who are good and start to change instead. For example, some influence or a misguided. Like, say, hmm, a person that says, hmm. Okay, do you believe that people become good or bad based on life circumstances, Yanni? Or are they born with it? They're not born with it. They're just like what they did. They're not born bad. What about if they what if they experience something in life? Sometimes people experience things. Right? Right. And so as a result of those life experiences, sometimes people people um, can't help but revert to a life of maybe evil our sadness, right? Yeah. So we have to we have to look to God for what? Guidance. Okay. We have to pray. We have to do the things that God needs us to do. Right? Correct. You got something to say? Yes. Yeah. Garrett? I understand. Huh? I understand. You understand? All right, so let's dig in. Any questions about these questions? No. Oh. Okay, we're still in the book of Acts. And so we have some scriptures that talk about and compare and address sin, address salvation. So we're going to see what it means to be a person and to be called a God. Okay. And not only that, about salvation. And so we're going to go in the book of Acts 26 chapter. Okay, so here, Paul is given a testimony of his own salvation, of his own conversion uh, to King Agrippa. King Agrippa was a king at that time, 
and he's telling about how on the road to Damascus, the Lord appeared to him. Okay? Okay. All right. Let's take a look. Let's go in here and see what he has to say to King Agrippa. And this is, is very important information. And what it shares, it's about the conversion process and about salvation. Okay. Um, to get us started, I'll go ahead and read this because you guys will have some things to read. Um, Acts 26, 15 through 18. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Christ whom you are pursuing, the Lord replied. And so this is Paul sharing with King Agrippa what happened. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them, okay? To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So before this occurred, Paul pursued Christians. He had approval from the religious leaders to execute and to kill Christians and to pursue them and persecute them. Here, he's knocked off his horse or whatever he's riding, we'll say there's the horse. And now, right, he's being addressed, says, hey, you, you've been doing it all wrong. I'm appointing you as a servant and witnesses. I need you to go and speak to my people, right? And, and the Gentiles about darkness, from darkness to light, and the power of from Satan, but the power into who God is. So he's telling them, he said, man, the people are in darkness. I need you to go and teach them about the light. I need you to teach them about God. Not only that, but that they can be sanctified. They can be forgiven of their sins. Okay, this is very important. And then sanctify by faith in me. Okay. So the context of the verses have various contrasts and differentiations, right? There's contrast, 
uh, relating to darkness to light, going from the the power of Satan to the power of God, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you, go ahead. Not to Sacrificing, sacrificing and serving. serving. Okay. Not, no, sorry. Not like the sacrifice as offering, just like uh, basically putting, putting serving, serving faith first in God. God. Okay. And and so so what are some of these contrasts? I already shared them already. Let's see. Yeah, already. So what do you think it means for a man to be in darkness? And what do you think it means for a man to be in light? Man or woman? Yanni, what do you think it means? What do you think it means? I think it means a man being um, taken over, a man or woman being taken over by the devil. Okay. I think uh, serving God and doing what God tells me to do. Okay, okay. All right. What do you think that means? Serving God. <laughs> Serving God. Could you repeat the question again? I got confused. All right. I'm, I'm going to ask you a different question. What are some visible evidence in our world of Satan's rule? What about God's rule? Well, well Satan's rule, violence, violence, guns, guns, violence, violence, gay people. Gay people. <laughs> but then there's but then God's there's side. <clears throat> There's kindness in the, kindness world. In the world. There's helping, There's others, helping out. others out. <clears throat> and many others. And many others. Okay. Well, well also, so, you know, yeah. well, well, there is there some is kindness, in, kindness the world. in the world. Don't see it Don't often, see it often. Mm -hmm. but it's there. But it's there. And having faith in others. Okay. And etc. Okay. All right. So it's clear from the te from this text that the mission of God that God is sending Paul on that humanity is not all he wants them to be. But what is mankind supposed to be, right? So what what are we supposed to be? What are we supposed to look like? 
I submit to you, the answer is in what God says about you. And that's a lifelong search and the, to seek out the things of God. Since for this answer, we need to go way back to the beginning. All right, let's turn to the book of Genesis. Let's look at that. But we got, we have it here. All right, so what we have here is, okay, so Genesis chapter one, Derek, you're going to read that one. And then Genesis chapter, let's see here. Uh-oh, let's check this out. Okay, and then we'll have Yanni read. Any, any that wasn't supposed to come out that way. Good thing I left this right here. Give me a second here, something. I don't know why I did that. Let's go ahead and print that other one out. That was really weird. I don't know why I didn't copy it just like that. What happened? Good thing I caught that. All right, Derek, Genesis chapter one. So after all through that. 26 through 31, and then Yanni will read chapter two. Okay. Verse, uh, 15. Well, I'll, I'll read the first half. I'll read the first half and then I'll let Yanni read the second half of Genesis 2. Go. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wind, wild animals, <laughs> and over all creatures. That move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in numbers. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish 
Okay, speak up a little bit louder. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for the food, and to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life. I give every green thing to the food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And, and there was evening, then there was the six days. Okay. So here God is creating the earth and he's forming man and he's setting some guidance, right? So God created mankind in his own image. So God has an expectation uh, from you that there's a latent image uh, uh, referencing who he is and that we are to follow after that and mimic after that and not the things of Satan. Okay, Yanni, so what we're going to do here, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so I'm going to read 15 through 19 and then you're going to read uh, 20 through 25, okay? So that'll even it out for you and Derek. Genesis 2, uh, 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to eat, to work it, and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man named each living creature, that was its name. So, oh, oops. All right, 20, go. So the man gave the livestock, the bird of the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the palace with flesh. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bone, 
and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. And they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both as met. Adam and his wife were both, oh, naked. And they and felt, felt no shame. No shame. So they felt no shame. And they did everything that they needed to do. Okay. So let's start with uh, with the basic. Uh, where do the scriptures say about man where do the scriptures say man originated where where did man originate from derek where did man originate from god god basically basically his whole okay. all right so it originated from God and he took man and formed him from the dust of the earth and he blew his ruah or his breath or his spirit into the into man. All right, so according to Genesis 1, in what image was man created, Yanni? Okay. What value does man come with if he is in the image of God? What value does man come with if he is made in the image of God? So how valuable is man? Really important. Really important. Okay. And so, do we think that uh, that uh, uh, he had man to do what? To name, to name the uh, the animals, right? The scripture said that he allowed man to name to see what he would name them, and that name what would be what the animals were were right okay okay good okay so what does god think about his creation right of mankind in genesis 1 and 1 and 31 derek Oh. Oh. <laughs> One in thirty-one. What does God? What? Very what? Good. Very good. So man, he made and he saw that it was good. Yes. How about that? So God, God needs us to live a life that's holy unto him 
and and there's a process of sanctification by faith in him that we through Jesus Christ have obtained a right standing and we're not prisoners to sin and and the the uh challenges that come with it right we're we're not we're no longer beholding to the place of sin how about that hmm. that's pretty, pretty accurate. accurate okay so also we we also read the genesis 2 15 through 25 didn't we we read that already too yeah okay so it's kind of copied it twice okay let's look at those questions okay so where do the scriptures say oh we already we already covered that didn't we where do the scriptures say man yeah we did that already so the bible is pretty clear that in the beginning of things, God created man, and it was very good, very good. Okay, so we have a inherent goodness to us based on the fact that God made us, right? So within every man, there's the nature to do good and to be very good. Don't forget that, right? You're not an accident. You are valued. You have inherited that from the maker of the universe, which is God. No one or nothing can take that away from you, okay? You are his reflection. You are his image. We started as innocence. Okay? Before the nature of sin got introduced. That's the original intention, the original position, the original mindset that God had for us. Okay? But as we know, the these things change and and with the introduction of man's sin right the fall of man is recorded in genesis 3 right the woman ate of the fruit the befitting the forbidden fruit and man follows suit okay so sin enters the world the nature of sin the consciousness of sin the actions of sin by the same man and woman that God created. Okay, Derek, read uh, Romans 5 and 12, please. Okay, speak up. Speak up, son. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sin. Okay. 
So we're talking about death here and talking about what entered uh, into the world. Okay. So death entered because of what man implemented and what he did. Um, how do you think sin has changed humanity? And how does it inter how has it interfered with our original purpose? Yanni, what do you think? Sin has changed a lot of people to okay. lie and steal, which is what God died for our sin. Okay. Okay, he died for our sin. He sent well, not God, but he sent his son. He sent his only son, Jesus. Yes. To die for our sin. Okay. All right. And so God's original purpose for man is to walk sin free and walk in that liberty of his and, and the faith of sanctification in him, right? And so death is the just product of sin right because of the nature of sin yeah there's a physical death but there's also a spiritual death okay there's also a spiritual death let me look this way i'm looking at you guys too okay so there's a physical death which people die and we go to the funeral but there's people on the earth now who are dead spiritually because they're in sin and, and they practice uh, sin and spiritually they're dead. So how does it make you feel to know that we were never meant to die before Adam and Eve ate of the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They, cause they had they had from the tree of life eternal life they weren't going to die in the form that they were in but because of, they ate from the tree of the knowledge right of of uh good and evil they they learned and they acquired knowledge about sin and about death okay any questions? No, no. Okay. So it started in the garden and hasn't stopped since. But don't lose sight of the truth. We weren't created to sin. We were not created to tell lies. We weren't created to um, look at uh, pornography. We weren't created for men to be with men and women to be with women. We weren't created for that. We weren't created to have no gender or be binary. God didn't create us for all that, right? 
When people take on those things, deceiving others, they die to the things of God. They render themselves null and mute instantaneously. And then eventually, you know, if you die in that and you don't repent and give yourself to Jesus, then you will die the eternal death of hell and fire, okay? And in this case, we are renewed by the Spirit of God. Spiritually, we are alive. We are alive. And so that means the things that God has for us, we are aware of it. We're able to pick it up and we're able to walk in it. Okay, the New Testament sets up another contrast, much like Paul's contrast in Acts 26. The contrast of old self versus new self. When you give yourself to Jesus, you have the potential to put away old things and your old self and to walk in the newness of life. I'm always concerned when an individual always brings up the past and the old self, the old sins and the old things. All things have passed away and God has made us new. Okay? He's made us new. Not to pick up sin, not to pick up death, hell, and the grave, and not to struggle in those areas. Okay, so Derek. Okay, who's next? Yanni's next. Read Yanni, read Ephesians. Who read last? It was you? Okay. Okay, so Ephesians 4, 20 and 24. Don't, it don't matter because you're going to read, you're going to read, and I'm going to read. Okay, read Ephesians 4, 20 and 24. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the trust that is the truth, in Jesus, the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Put off the old, your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mouth, and to put on the new self created to be like God. Holiness. Okay, Yanni. Colossians. Do, you, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and with it practicing and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going to read Romans 6, 6 through 11. 
For we know that our old, old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, we cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, the death he died, he died to sin once for all that the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Missing the mark, that's what sin is. Missing the mark, missing the place that God designed and called you to. You guys hear me? Yeah. Right? That's where we're at. Okay. So in the passage, what is the old self, Derek? Up top there. What's what's the old self? What is it? Um, the old self is... Basically, your old self, your old embodiment. Okay. Of what you say you used to do. Okay. And then that's all I have. Okay, Yanni. In these passages, what is the new self? The new, the new self is them taking out who they're creating. Taking out to the creator. Hmm? Say, who is the creator? Who is the creator? God. Okay. The attributes of God. He made us and he set within us a seed of increase in him. And he's looking for a return on the earthly realm with respect to the seed and plantation that he has within us. Okay, so, so what is the passage way between our old self and our new self. Okay, sinful self, the pre-Jesus self. Okay, the saved being after Christ. Okay, so what is, what is the passage way? What is the thing 
that helps us go from the old self to the new self. What about Jesus? Right? Once we accept him, the, there's the Holy Spirit that's within us. And then it's the baptism process, right? And that's what you guys did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I shared, and I shared, baptism, <clears throat> you don't need it for salvation, but it is an essential part of what you are and who you are in Christ. It symbolizes the old self dying and going away. And then when you rise up from the water, now it's the new self, it's the new person. All right? All right. All right. All right, any questions about that? No. <clears throat> okay, let's see what they're talking about here. Okay, death to sin, right? Death to our sinful nature. Okay. Who has paved the way for this transformation? Who paved the way? Who's leading the way? The firstborn of his kind. Man. But which man? Which man was the firstborn of his kind? The holy. The holy. What about Jesus? Well, Adam, Adam was the first man created. He was created. Adam was created. He wasn't born. Jesus. Jesus was the firstborn of his kind. Because he was born. He was the son of man. And he was the son of God. The firstborn of his kind. Right? Adam was created. Adam wasn't born. All right? You guys got it? Yeah. It's kind of a crazy thing, right? The work of salvation is not meant to save us from who we are, right? It's to make us into who we were always meant to be. When you're in God, there's a place, there's a, a original intention, and so the work of salvation is to take you from a place of zero confidence to all confidence, a place of, of dealing with anxiety to a place of anxiety-free, uh, a place of being worried about what's this, what's that, where is that, and to a place of not worrying because God has you and there's a fulfillment process that's going to take place in him. Okay? Any questions? Okay. There's a cons constant process that follows our salvation that theologians call sanctification. You're on the road. You're on the pathway to sanctification. Okay. Right. 
All right. So Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Derek, you're going to read that. And then Yanni, you're going to read Romans 6, 19 through 22. All right. Go, Derek. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay. For it is God who works in you, in you, Start over and to will and to act in order to his good purpose. Yes. I am an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you use yourself as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now, offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading the holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap? At that time, from the things you are now ashamed of. Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you have leads to holiness and the result of is eternal life. Say the result is what? Eternal life. Eternal life. The result is eternal life. The result is, what is it now? The result is what? Eternal life. Okay, so the benefit you reap leads to holiness. So there's a benefit. There's a benefit with being in God, right? Is there not? There's a benefit. It leads to holiness. And what happens after that? The results is what? Eternal life. Life. That's awesome, I think. There's no one else. There's no one else that can say that. There's no one else that can share that. There's no one else that can um, can do that for you. I don't think so. So I'm I'm so this lesson is such a good and awesome lesson. I think so. Let's see what it is here. Let's see what it says here. So sanctification is the process of becoming more 
and more what we're supposed to be. According to Philippians. So this object of God's affection, his catalyst for making others know him. And according to Romans 6, this ongoing transformation, a product of Christ, says redemptive work. I was going to say redemptive power. But redemptive work, he redeemed us from the curse of death and hell and sin. Glory to God. Results is our own eternal life in him. There's nothing else that, that's going to save you. There's nothing else that's going to set you free. Glory to God. I, I, I'm, I'm glory to God. Alcohol won't do it. Men with men won't do it. Women with women won't do it. Lying won't do it. Being angry and mad with others won't do it. So how does it, how does, how is this view of salvation different from what you're used to hearing. What do you think? What do you think about that, huh? Is it different from what you used to hearing? Or is it the same? Well. It's nobody. Doesn't really sound, sound different. different. Doesn't sound different. It sounds the same. Okay. I usually think of more normal. More normal. Okay. What does that mean? Like more like, like when I like say, say for example. example Person Interesting. Interesting. How does thinking in terms of becoming more human sound to you? Does that sound right, Yannick? Becoming more human? Or becoming more like God? Or... Becoming more like God, yes, but becoming more human. Mm. Yes, no, maybe no. so. Yes. 
Okay, okay. Okay, so does it sound silly? Confessing? Wrong. Why? So do you confess to God when you tell a lie? Do you say, God, I was wrong when I deceived my sister or my brother or my parents? Or do you pray and says, God, I didn't prepare for this test at school. Forgive me. I, I didn't. I was not prepared. Um, or I did something or said a curse word or said something bad. Do you confess to God? What about it, Derek? Do you confess? Yeah. Okay. Do you confess, Yanni, when you do something, you know, this, who you confess to? God. Okay, you confess to God. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay, but you get back on the area of sanctification. You get back and, and you trust God and you ask God to show you what it is that you need to do to make things right and to stay victorious. Okay, so how much do you think you... Uh, live like the person God intended you to be. How how much, how much do you live like the person that God calls you to be? What do you think? Huh? Do you live? Do you live like God yes. calls you to be? Yes. Yes. Are you sure about that? You guys sure about that? I'm just, it's just a question. All right. No judgment, just a question. All right. So we all fight our old self. There's a struggle between who we're meant to be and who God, who we're meant to be and who God made us to be. Now, do we ever really become who we are designed to become? No. Why not? Yes. Okay, yes, that sounds like a, that's better. God needs us to become like who he called us to be. Hey, just put it over there. You need to be gifted and called like God called you to be. Even if your natural mind doesn't agree with it, you got to line up and have to with the things of God for your life. Any questions about that? Let's, let's go to the next one. I think I kind of labored that a little bit. Okay, Yanni, read this one. First Corinthians uh, 26. First Corinthians 1, 26 through 31, please. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. 
But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. The foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Okay. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not the newly living, newly the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. All right, who gets the credit? Who gets the credit? Nobody. But God. Okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Who has become for us wisdom from God? That is our righteousness, holiness, and repentance. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. All right. So that's redemption right there. Okay. That's that's a word called redemption. All right. It says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So should we boast in ourselves? No. Why not? Why do you think? Because God gets the credit. Who gets the credit? God. Who gets the credit, Derek? God. Who gets the credit, Yanni? God. Okay. All right. So God should always get the credit. So verse 26 says that we are not what? That we are not what in 26, Yanni? That we are not many of us wise by human standards. Okay. And not anyone influential. Okay. What well, is verse two? I mean, verse uh, question two. Uh, Derek, verse twenty nine says, "We should not boast." Why do you think this is, Derek? Hmm. Is that 29? Because he created us. Okay. okay. He does and says. says, so that no one may boast before him. Right? Because it's us, it's God who is. Okay, so the first part of verse 30 declares who deserves the credit for our salvation and strength. Who is that? Who deserves the credit? God, all the glory, all the honor, and all the credit. Okay, and the context, Jesus Christ, because he gave himself, right, 
but ultimately you said the right word. God is the one who sanctioned it. Jesus made a choice to give himself glory to God. And I'm grateful for that. It is because of him that we are saved, that we are in Christ, that we can have redemption, that we can be holy. We shouldn't boast because there is no way we can do that on our own. We can't. Okay. All right, Derek. Read Romans 5, 15, I mean, 12 through uh, 19. Give me a second here. Let's scroll down. Yeah. Okay. Life 
so just as the disobedience of the one man, which is Adam in that case, go ahead. In many ways, so all the obedience of the one man, the many, will be so also through the mm -hmm. obedience of the one man, the many were made righteous. And that's through Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Okay. We, we didn't even, nobody prayed us in, did they? Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this lesson about sin and salvation. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who on the tree gave up himself so that through him, we attain the fullness and the right place to be, that we've been redeemed. We have been called out of the life of sin that was introduced by Adam. And so, Father God, we thank you that this message is going forth and that your people are hearing it and that every connection of your word and of your Holy Spirit is relevant for the growth and for the increase of those by faith who are obedient in you and through you. And so we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, we glorify you on today. Amen. 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 We thank God for everyone on today. We thank you for coming in um, and enjoying the lesson. God bless you. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Yes and Amen um, Youth Church. And enjoy yourselves and have a good day. Be blessed. This is Todd Tribbett, y'all. And this is the pop-up on today's Gospel Hits. Sure.